Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. This is a show where encounter meets mission, where we discover that we're all called to be full-time ministers of the gospel. Mm-hmm. No matter where we are, we are called to, uh, to the, the ministry of Jesus and to the, uh, imitate the lifestyle of Jesus. My name is Dan Demite, and I'm joined here in studio with my co-host and good friend, Aaron Richards. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today, Aaron? This is a good day. It Welcome back. It is a great day. I am excited to be here. We're going to open in prayer, and then we're going to bring some fire today. Yeah. Are you ready for that? Amen. Awesome. You want to open us? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, thank you for positioning us right where we are in this world. Thank you for giving us our own little sphere of influence, our own little mission territory. God, thank you that in your divine wisdom that you saw it fit to place us uh, in a position of authority in a position of influence. God, we pray that you will you'll show us even in the the little things that we take for granted today through the testimony that we're about to experience and through the prayer that we'll we'll, we'll have today, God, how it is that you're calling us even in our own ordinary way to extraordinary mission. Lord, we just want more. More of you, more vision for our lives, bigger dreams bigger aspirations to watch you work and wonder. I pray that our listeners and ourselves would live a lifestyle that depends on the miraculous, that Uh we would put ourselves out there, that we would depend on you to make yourself God and to manifest your power and authority here on earth. We pray this in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen. Aaron, I'm really excited. Um, We've got a guest today. Yeah, he is. He's awesome. His name is Chris Gomez. He Uh is the uh, president of the board for Catholic Sports Camps. Um, He also started a a company called Spirit Consulting. It's a business consulting company uh, dedicated to the virtues of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Camps Um, and business and virtues in Jesus. (laughs) All the good things. (laughs) All the things we love. Our show is called Beyond Damascus um, because what we care about highlighting, most importantly, is not just the Damascus moments, like when St. Paul had that insane conversion on the road to Damascus, but um, but, and and, and that is glorious, and we 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 want uh, the Lord to bless His church with uh, Damascus moments. But what we like to highlight is that beyond Damascus, like what happens after that life changing encounter with Jesus, mm-hmm. when I'm propelled and launched into a life of radical mission. And um, what we're going to see in Chris's testimony is a man who has encountered Jesus Christ in a powerful way. Yep. But then didn't just like stop there. Like yep. it, once he encountered Jesus, he made the Lord the Lord of every aspect of his life and said, Lord, I give you everything. And from now on, I'm going to live for the advancement of you and your kingdom. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we're just blessed to have him share his testimony. I like a, to say a phrase that we, as Christians, we're called to do what we do and to do it for Jesus. Yeah. Right? Like everything we're doing that God has asked us to do with our lives, whether it's our family, our work, whatever we're called to do, we're called to do it for him. Him. And a lot of times, like, I'll, I'll I'll be talking to kids in youth ministry, and we're like, oh, and then Jesus went to the disciples, and he said, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they dropped their nets, and they, they left their life, and they followed him. And they're like, what does that mean? Like, you want me to quit my sports and quit school and just follow Jesus? Did they say it like that? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly how they say it. They're like this. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and clearly, like, that's not... Um, what Jesus wants, right? He doesn't want people like quitting, uh, the, dropping out of school to follow him. Um, but I think that the Lord does want us to do what, like, to do whatever we're doing and to do it all for Him. Mm-hmm. And like when we've had that encounter with Him, 
He wants to transform every aspect of our life, mm-hmm. not just our Sunday mornings. And I think that's the key that you'll see in Chris's testimony is an encounter with Jesus transformed everything he yep. did, the way he related as a dad, the way he did business, the way he spends his free time, his his brotherhood, his friendships, all of that, that we do what we do and we do it for Jesus. And so listeners, I'm just, uh, I want you to evaluate maybe just what are you doing right now? Like mm-hmm. what is, what does God have you doing and maybe it's your work or uh, your family, your friendships, like uh, your volunteer, everything that you're doing. Jesus is saying, hey, can I become the Lord of that? Can I get involved in that a little bit? So uh, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're blessed uh, to be able to share just these testimonies with our listeners. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, you're going to hear from Chris Gomez. You are in for a treat. And we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to move and power in your life. So thanks so much for listening. We'll be right back. He is honored by the church as one of the greatest enemies of clergy sexual abuse. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. In his time, St. Peter Damien fought against the many vices of contemporary clergy, especially sexual abuses among the clergy. In 1051, he wrote the Book of Gomorrah that is still considered essential reading for fighting abuse today. He died in 1072. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Pope Francis journeys to Africa with a message of hope. EWTN will bring you live coverage as the Holy Father encourages the faithful, meets with young people, religious leaders, and more. Pope Francis in Africa, September 4th through September 10th, here on EWTN. Follow the Holy Father during his historic trip to Africa. Join us for complete coverage on EWTN television and EWTN radio classics. Hello, welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mm-hmm. mission. This is a show where encounter meets mission, and Aaron, I'm just so excited to be welcoming on the show today our good friend, uh, Chris yes. Gomez. Chris, welcome, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. What's so, going on, guys? Oh, so when I think of like a life-changing encounter that <laughs> propelled someone into like an extraordinary mission, I think of you, Chris. I mean, you you, you definitely have had an incredible life-changing encounter with Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, you are living a life on mission, and we're just so blessed to um, have you share your story, your testimony, and your witness with our audience. So just thank you for your yes to the Lord and your boldness and fearlessness in the faith. Uh, I, to quote my uh, five-year-old, I just had a little tear come out of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so the tears you, come out so of the good. heart. And right back at both you and uh, Aaron as well. Oh, thanks, thanks, brother. It's so good. So, so Chris, <laughs> um, the Lord has worked powerfully in your past. Is that true? Would you say that? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair statement, yes. Why don't, why don't you share with our audience just uh, how you came to faith in Christ Jesus and what he did to set your life um, in a new direction? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Uh, it would be a privilege and an honor. So, um, yeah, so I want to kind of take it back. Uh, so basically, like, I guess I chopped my life up. I'm 35, so I chop it up in different segments. So, like, up until 10 you know, raised a cradle Catholic, just loving Jesus, you know, praying every night, going to weekly Mass, um, but really not 
not, it wasn't really on more of like that interpersonal relationship other than just like a little kid loving Jesus and praying tonight, you know, praying tonight, et cetera. Um, and then at 10 would be kind of the, the pivot into darkness from 10 to 30. And, uh, so two things happened at 10. So, uh, and I really feel that like this is the point where like heavy demons came into my life. Uh, so the first was because I was the fifth of six kids, I was very blessed athletically because I'd been beaten up by, you know, by my <laughs> sisters and brothers. So I was just like, you know, be like, and played hockey and baseball and just was like, naturally good at a lot of those things so and i think also because growing up into kind of a dysfunctional home there was just like bragging and shaming that i would kind of like receive and then go give out to to other kids so my neighbor while we were like besties our whole lives um for whatever reason he had like at 10 i think he had enough of my arrogance and then organized like his friends uh and they like called me over and then basically like took this like giant like pencil eraser and one of those kids was just, like, literally, like, erasing me. And uh, I know it sounds, like, so stupid, you know, but as a kid, you know, it's, like, just hardcore bullying. Yeah. And you're and it just, like, kind of, like, just rocked my world of, like, that someone could, like, actually hate me so much to do something like that. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's when the devil just came into my life and started whispering, like, you you are not loved. Mm. Um, and then at and literally at the same time... Um, uh, one of my other friends had given me like a bunch of pornography magazines, and and that ultimately started kind of like a, you know a twenty year um, pathway. And I really feel like the the thorn in my flesh that Saint Paul speaks about is has has always been that. Um, but then in addition, um, you know, um, so the being the fifth of of six kids. Uh, we also uh, all battled um, um, basically like drugs and alcohol in our lives as well. And so, you know, I give I give all the kudos to uh, my parents kind of growing up in on the south side of Chicago in, in poverty, really, and um, pulling themselves up to, to be living in one of the most affluent suburbs in Chicago. Um, but that said, like, you know, um, when my dad had a hard day at the office, we had a hard day at home. And, um, you know, just, just, um, you know, physical and emotional abuse that was going on in the home. And so, and, and then coupling this with, you know, the devil obviously trying to isolate us and, and, uh, all, you know, all of us had our own drug of choice. And so, yeah, just kind of just from 10 to 30, just continue, well, I guess 10 to 22 got progressively worse from like starting to smoke cigarettes and then, you know, getting involved with marijuana and, and alcohol at a young age. And it was interesting and because I really feel that I was blessed because, you know, because of that uh, period of my life up until 10 um, of just, like, loving on God that he just, like, he just continually, like, helped me to keep moving forward. But I was, you know, I was like a straight-A student. Um, I was uh, in high school. I was the uh, lead guitarist of a band that was like Teen People's best unsigned band in the country. We were like <laughs> wow. we were flying to like Miami and, and Massachusetts for like doing showcases. Wow. Yeah. Man, I yeah. Be you so, and, and then also the captain of the hockey team. So like just all these blessings that are going on, but then obviously then masking a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. and the pain in the background by, by using it. Yeah. Time. Dang. That's, that's heavy stuff. The, what was your, um, 
Like, where did you see Jesus in, in any of that, or was it kind of like at ten you kind of checked out, and he was he he was there, of course, but he wasn't. You never saw him. Yeah, no. I mean, we were forced to go to mass until we were eighteen, but then okay. once we were out of the house and went to college. And we could just choose to do whatever we want. And basically, as soon as I got out of the house, I just completely dropped all relationship with him. Were you numb to him and annoyed by the faith, or were you, or were you just hurting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it wasn't even on the radar whatsoever. I was just hurting in a big way, and and um, you know, I, you know, ultimately we know what the answer is, you know. Um, but yeah, so so to to continue down that pathway. Um, Ultimately got cut from the hockey team my freshman year. I wanted to play in the varsity team and didn't make it. And rather than being the leader that I am today that, like, learns from my adversities and grows from it, like, in essence, I just, uh, you know, my drinking that was in high school, which is Friday and Saturday nights, I started throwing in, like, Sundays and Thursdays and Wednesdays, basically just a full-blown alcoholic. And uh, I think the only way I was able to maintain through was my uh, influencing skills because, <laughs> you know, I was asking all friends, like, put my names on papers and projects and just, like, hacking my way through it. But I, I finally woke up, like, going into my last semester with a 2.7 GPA. And I knew, like, from interning with my dad that, like, basically you needed to have a 3.0 or above to get hired by Fortune 500 companies. So... I was like, all right, like I'm just going to cut all drugs and alcohol cold turkey and I'm just going to like go to every class and pull straight A's and hopefully by the grace of God like I'll I'll be able to like get over a 3.0 and and graduate and all the stuff. Um and so while like while I feel like I was ready for that um mentally, like physically I was just not ready for that at all. Hmm. And uh just like kind of kicked myself into like a quarter life crisis at that point. Wow. Um, what what do you mean by that? Yeah, so so it just it got from like bad to worse. So like basically it would just be like, Wow, this stinks, this is really hard, like what a loser we are. So this is me like in my self talk. Like mm-hmm. what a loser we are. How could we do this to ourselves? All of our friends like already have their jobs figured out. We don't even we can't even <laughs> figure out how we're going to graduate. How is that even gonna be possible? And then the conversation, internal conversation went from, and again, it's like, I'm just, I'm basically just completely shouldering this alone, not telling anyone that I'm, you know, having these thoughts, et cetera, um, and really isolating ourselves, which we'll talk about in a second or two. Um, and, and then the conversation switched from that to like, yeah, well, if this stinks, like, why are we even living? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, 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 it's just with all the like anxiety and depression that I was going through at that point, like basically flirting with the thought of like suicide became actually like, like almost like a positive thing to think about. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how like the evil one, as you um, buy into one lie, you just keep empowering the liar and his lies get bigger and bigger and bolder. And then all of a sudden you you no longer uh, uh something that seems outrageous to even think about all of a sudden starts sounding rational and and mm. because you've started to buy into the liar well how old were you at that point chris i was 22 at that point so what what uh when you started to kind of um empower that lie what happened yeah so so then i really started to think about uh the ways that it was going to happen um and that was incredibly dark and then i was back i went back home i forget what break it was but 
went back home, and my sister Julie uh, was back from grad school at the time from Arizona, and it's crazy because she's actually a therapist today and has mm-hmm. two therapy practices. But uh, so she's there, and she like looks at me, and she's like, "Hey, like you're typically the life of the party, and now this is like a shell of a person." Yeah. Like, are you okay? And I'm like, you know, you do the worldly response that everyone does. Like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, no, like, are, like, how are you doing? And just like stared me in the eyes. And then I just started weeping my eyes out, like in front of her. And just like, it was the first person that I was able to open up about uh, mm. the pain that I was going through. Mm. Praise the Lord. And, yeah. Yeah. Praise God. So, so then she's like, all right, well, we need to tell our parents. And I was, like, deathly scared because it was always kind of the mantra growing up was, like, be perfect. You know, uh, being perfect. uh, Like, weakness and vulnerability are weakness, not a strength. Yeah. And so it was really hard to be able to have that conversation, but we did. And ultimately the response was stop being such a wussy, to use the kind term. Yeah. Um, um, You're going back to school. You're not getting out of your commitment. Wow. And so I did. Um, but, you know, again, praise be to God that Julie came with me. So I'm pulling an all-nighter one night at the library um, and uh, walking back to the hockey house, and uh, I see a parking garage, and I'm like, all right, yeah, this is, this is it. So I climb to the top of the parking garage. It's like a five-story parking garage. Uh, I get on the ledge, and I basically make the sign of the cross, ready to jump, um, and I don't know if it's just like from being that big of a loser at the time or just, you know, just hurting. I just couldn't even go through with it. So I got down off the ledge and I'm, I remember it was a full moon that night and I'm like looking up at like the moon and the stars and I'm just like crying my eyes out. I'm just like, God, I'm so sick of hurting this way. Like, like if you're out there, like, please give me the courage to go through with this because I don't want to live anymore. Um, and then like a couple of, like, then I just felt like I had a, like a surge of courage to be able to go through with it. So I'm like standing up ready to like jump off. And then as soon as I stand up, like the door bursts open and there's this like 45 year old, like security guard female. And she's like screaming at me, like, what are you doing up here? Like, you can't be up here. And I'm like, uh, uh, stress and finals. And she's like, well, you gotta go. And I just like, I walked down and went back to the hockey house, and there was my sister, and we just started processing through, like, everything that just happened. But I, like, Mm -hmm. learned at that moment that, like, there's so much power to um, opening your heart and sharing with others when you're suffering. And as you were saying, Dan, like, the evil one just wants to isolate us because it's so much easier when it's one, you know, when you've got a legion of demons against one person versus when you have the body of Christ being together. Um, and that's, you know, whenever I'm, like, giving my witness and preaching to people, just, like, the power, like, share your story. There's so much power. Wow. I mean, like, if you're suffering, you've just got to give it to other people. Because, and here's the thing, like, there's so much strength when you share. Like, people just ultimately want to get behind you and help you. Like, no one follows robots. People follow emotions. And when you're ultimately suffering, like, you just have to share it. Like, there's people, there's hope. There's people out there uh, that just want to help you as well. And that's really what I got in my life with, like, my sister just being there and and my, like, family, just my brothers and sisters kind of railing around me and, like, just, like, just breaking down the lies Mm. and and speaking truth into, you know, any of the things that I was, like, just continually kept telling myself. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, and when you speak to another person, it's, uh, 
they often will will reinforce the voice of truth in your life, right? Where you're believing this lie that the evil one has spoken about yourself and that other person actually speaks life into you. Mm-hmm. Um, the scriptures say that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Choose life. And, and I think that that conversation where, you're, where you open your heart and vulnerability to share your struggling, it, it opens uh, the prophetic in a person to be able to share life to yeah. you and to give you life in that moment of darkness and, and death. The, um, thanks so much, Chris, for sharing that. Amen, that's, uh, that's, uh, I think I'm just, I feel like our listeners are blessed right now because of your fearlessness and, and, and encouragement for them to, to share their struggles mm-hmm. because, um, the Lord loves all of us and there's nothing wrong with a person when they're struggling, right? The, the Lord just wants to, he wants to build them back up. So, so when you were talking to your sister after that, that time, um, was that like the, was that the transform transformational moment that you came to faith in Jesus or what ah, happened? If it was my prayer today, yes. <laughs> but it, oh man, it was another eight years of, mm. um, of just, you know, cause I was 22, another eight years of basically like going through the world trying to, I knew, I knew that drugs and alcohol just created like pain and yep. hurt. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to find happiness. And so both my brother, younger brother, who's my bestie in life, we're two years apart. He, we both hit rock bottom at U of I. Him being the smarter of the two of us, he went into our Catholic faith and ran to God. And I ran to trying to, you know, be successful in music, be successful in business, get married and have kids, and all of these things, one after another, while, like, you sell out the, the House of Blues and do a CD release party and start touring, like, it's great. You you know, you feel that, like, just rush from being able to, like, you know, having people, like, just going wild. But then, like, right after the show, there was just that emptiness. Yeah. And it was, like, thing after thing that no matter, and, you know, again, in business success, you sign a big contract, and you're doing this consulting work, and you're like, all right, this is great. But then, like, right after it, it's like, all right, is this all there is to, like, wealth and money? It was just very empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's like no matter like how many things that like I kept going through, uh, there's just there was just this emptiness to it. Um, so then uh, at 30, I kind of had like a um, uh, Saul the Paul moment on on the road to Damascus. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so so I'm just like coming home from work one day and. Uh, uh, and know that also at this period, like, I had, like, a huge collection of books and CDs. So, like, if that is your, like, method of, like, evangelization, I wouldn't say it's, like, a bad thing, but it's not, like, because, like, I never would throw away the CDs or books that my, my brother and mom gave me because I love them so much. <laughs> but it was just, like, you know, you look at them and you're, like, come on, like, you know, it, it makes you think. But anyways, uh, so... <laughs> at least so, you kept them. <laughs> I never opened them, right. But, I mean, I, I did keep them, right, right. Uh, so... So, so anyway, so, you know, they're praying for me and, and uh, fasting for me this whole period. And then so, like, I really give them the kudos because, like, at 30, then I'm, like, getting home from work one day. I'm still wearing suits at this point in my life. And, and it's always like, you know, you go upstairs, you take off the work clothes, you start wrestling around with your, with your kid as you're, like, changing into house clothes. But this day there's, like, no one with me. And I, like, I notice that there's a different energy in the room. Um, and, uh, I look over and there's like all void of life. It's just like, like almost like a shadow, like a big shadow and out of it, like, I don't know if like I audibly hear it or it's, it's like one of those things where like, it's just speaking into your soul. And I hear God say like, I love you, Christopher. 
and I want you to come back t- um, to my church. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And, like, and I'm not an atheist. I'm like a, you know, just not believing in any organized religion at this point. Yeah. So, so I'm just like, what do you, like, I was just like, I was just like a deer in headlights. I don't even, what do you do with this, you know? What what did you do? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. You know, sometimes I want to make sure I'm not being too wordy. So, no, so. I lo- I love it. I'm I'm like just blown away. So in that moment, what are you like? Are you um, are you feeling like? Did you question it or did you just no. know it was the I'm Lord? Like, sure, let's go. So so then I married uh, into an evangelical uh, family, uh-huh. and they were worshiping at a Protestant non denominational church called Christ Church. Of Oakbrook, so I'm like, oh yeah, Christ Church. Like, that's what. Like that's it's so embarrassing to say now, but like you know, at the time, like I didn't have the, none of my Catholic religious education <laughs> roots were strong enough to know even the difference between Protestantism and and Catholicism. So I was like, oh okay, yeah, Christ is Church. Like that, that's Jesus Church. Like mm-hmm. that's where I need to go. And praise if they God say that it, I did it's true. because they had like contemporary praise and worship music, and you know, mm-hmm. I was like this new metal guitarist and like loved like love that type of stuff and then they had like amazing coffee and their preaching was just like anointed and fired up and so i was like the first time in my life that i was growing in virtue and like listening to the word and like adopting it into my life and i noticed like oh wow like all my friendships are getting better my business relationships are getting better my relationships with my children are getting better I'm like wow there's something to this jesus thing yeah, you know man, like it's, yeah. going, it's going good um and then they get a they had a, a sermon um on the life of joseph and they had a prayer challenge and the prayer challenge was, God, search me, break me, guide me, lead me, and use me. Wow. So I just basically was, all right, you know, you're asking for your vocation in life. So I, I start praying that for, like, for two weeks. And on the 14th day, I'm taking a shower after weight training before work one morning, and then I have this vision. Um, so it's like I'm awake, and I'm seeing, like, an actual movie play out in my mind. Uh, and it's... And it's I see my dad's hockey camp that he ran with the Chicago Blackhawks in the 80s. Um, but I knew that it was ministry because at the end of the hockey camp, like the vision that I'm seeing, there's a sea of people. When I say sea, I'm talking about like thousands upon thousands of people. And then there's a pulpit, and it's first vision, like first, uh, first eyesight, like I'm walking up to the pulpit to address the people. And, like, I've hired and fired people and vendors uh, doing operations and business, but I've never, like, had a vision for a company. Like, it was so intense that I almost fell over. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like so fired up by it. I, like, run upstairs and, like, find my brother because he's working with us at the time. And I tell him about it, and he starts getting white in the face and, like, getting, like, all weirded out. I'm like, yo, bro, like, I know you better than yourself. Why, why are you getting so, like, weirded out? And he's like, he's like, Four months ago in Eucharistic Adoration, I literally had the exact same vision. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Like, but because I'm in busy season, I've got four kids. He's like, I didn't say no. I said maybe. And he's like, but here's my evangelical brother <laughs> telling me this vision. He's like, clearly it's a yes at this point. And like I said, this was the one that ran the God at 22. So he had already been going deep into Catholicism for, for, quite, for eight years at this point. So... So, in essence, he's like, you know, there's already Hockey Ministries International, which is non-denominational Christian hockey camps. 
He's like, you know, we both grew up Catholic, and so my preference, Chris, is that it would be a Catholic hockey camp. But I totally respect where you're at in this in this season of your life. He's like, but here's the thing. I bought you a ticket to this Catholic men's conference. It's Fishers of Men, led by Mike Samino. You know him, Dan, obviously. And he's yeah. like, why don't you just come to this conference, pray about it, and whatever you hear, like, I'm totally fine with. <laughs> like, <laughs> the cards completely stacked against me, right? And, uh, <laughs> that was effective you, evangelization right yeah, there. there you go. <laughs> I, bought the invitation. You, I bought you this ticket. Why don't you come along? And just pray yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So so we do. Two things happen. One, Ricky tells the vision to Father Burke. Um, and Father Burke's like, that's crazy that you guys had this vision because a lot of people know I'm the chaplain for the Cubs, but they don't know that I am the chaplain for the Mike Sweeney Catholic Baseball Camp, and we've been running it for three years in Chicago. I'm also the vocations director. And if I hold a vocations fair, it's crickets and no one shows up. But if I do the exact same things that I would be doing at a vocations fair, but on a baseball diamond by, like, starting with daily mass, teaching the kids how to pray the rosary, um, having opportunities for Eucharistic adoration, having opportunities for confession, he's like, then everyone shows up. Hmm. And so because of all these fruits, I've been praying that other guys would step up and help me diversify into other sports. So he's like, whatever you guys need, like we're 100% behind you guys to get this hockey camp off the ground. So that was a huge blessing. And then the second thing that happened, I found myself in a, a breakout session on finding your faith with none other than Mike Samino. And so as he gets, you know, the guys in there, Mike, as most of you know him, he's just super passionate and just like just crazy on fire. And as he starts like yelling at guys about like, you know, stop being soft and, you know, if you think you're going to get to heaven, you know, basically just going to mass one time a week, he, he gave the analogy that like, you think guys in the like NFL just practice for an hour one time a week and think they're going to get the NFL? Like you're fooling yourself, it's like screaming at us. And I'm like, oh, this is so good because I was like, I've, you know, grown up in the hockey culture where where, like guys like didn't have teeth and they're losing their teeth on the ice as they're screaming in your in your face mask. So I'm like, yeah, this is good. Like, where has this been my whole life? So I I close my eyes and start praying. I'm like, all right, God, what what's the denomination of, mm-hmm. of Spirit Hockey Camp and what's the denomination of of me? Like, what should I be practicing? And I heard God say in my heart, like, well, you've been growing in virtue, practicing your Protestant faith, but have you ever done the same for me as a Catholic? And I'm just like, yeah, no. Not yet. <laughs> because, cause, you know, like I said, prior to 10, like, yes. But after that, it was like I was either hungover or I was, like, just checking out girls and not paying attention whatsoever, having no idea that it was a real presence. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, Lord, like, yeah, I'm all in. Like, let's go. Starting with, like, a daily rosary and weekly mass, and that's grown from daily rosary to daily mass. And then having that uh, ugly cry uh, after confession and heading into adoration where you just bawl your eyes out being baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit for like in what felt like an eternity, like just tasting that little sliver of like heaven and just being like, oh my God, this is so good. Why don't people know about this? Like, <laughs> we need to start telling people about Jesus. Like, uh, we got to get out there. Like, what are we doing sitting in this gym? Like, we got to get out there and start telling people about this power. Like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's just been, you know, just obviously uh, uh, just, you know, has expanded uh, beyond uh, that point. And, and we've gone from our hockey camp, we enrolled a bishop to be our spiritual leader, Bishop Heprocki of Springfield. He's convinced us to lead uh, two hockey camps each summer, one in Chicago, one in Springfield. Mm. 
uh, we convinced Father Burke, due to our business background, to basically allow us to separate from Fishers and Men um, to run our own nonprofits since they have different missions. Uh, and so he said yes. So we got that uh, clearance um, this year. So uh, Catholic Sports Camps is now its own entity. Uh, this past summer, we led uh, seven sports camps, um, some, and uh, we served 400 kids. And uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, I think the the short summary that I would have, boys, is that like, I deserve none of these accolades. I don't deserve to be hobnobbing with professional athletes. Um, that come to our camps, like I shouldn't be the board president and leader of this ministry. I should be in the depths of hell right now. But like our Father is so good and loves each and every one of us so much that He just wants to see us thrive. And um, like in the, so this is where I wanted to circle back about the rooftop experience because, uh, so our first hockey camp started in the summer of 2017. Mm-hmm. After, when I was, because I do the praise and worship music in mass for it as well, uh, because of the music background. But one of the songs that I picked was "Oh Come to the Altar." I don't know if you guys yep. know, but it's like "Oh Come to the Altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was bought with." The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Anytime I got to the precious blood, like forgiveness is bought mm-hmm. with the precious blood, like I just started like sobbing my eyes out in, in the camp. And then all of a sudden, like a bunch of kids and parents like started sobbing their eyes. Like I just, I literally probably cried 90% of that, uh, that first camp. And, and everyone's like, what's going on? You know, and I'm just like, I just, I got the sense that like God had like had saved my life, but I didn't know definitively because mm-hmm. you know U of I was like this dark scar on my life, and I was like I'm never going like never going back there. But like during that camp, like during that part of my life, like I just anytime I was praying the rosary, I just kept hearing the Lord say like, go back to U of I. Yeah, like, I want I want to show you I want to show you what happened that night. Wow. And, and so I, I did it. I did a pilgrimage down there, and I like listened to like deep, deep. I don't even know what the. It was like the lineage, like gospel, uh, like Old Testament gospel. Where like you know, I was like slapping myself. Like it's hard to listen to. Like that was part of my penance of like driving down there, listening to that. And then I like took an ex girlfriend out to lunch that like I had cheated on many times over, and like apologized about how terrible I was prayed a rosary in front of the hockey house and in front of cams like the bar where we were leading like many souls to hell and then i sought out the parking garage because what was weird about it i probably was attempting suicide at like one in the morning and um so i always knew like well that's kind of weird like how i was only up on the ledge for like maybe under a minute could it be random chance that there was a security guard walking down the street, like seeing me up there and like running five flights of stairs, like in a matter of a minute to stop me? Like that doesn't make sense. So as I found the parking garage, I like drove through it. There was like no security guard stop, like in the front. There was no office building within it. It was a university parking garage. So there's no cameras anywhere throughout it. And then as I'm, like, praying a rosary now up on the fifth floor looking at this door where the security guard came out of, I look across the street, and and Kitty Corner is the steeple of the Catholic Newman Center. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I'm just, like, I just start, like, bawling my eyes out, and I'm just, like, no definitively that, that um, God saved my life. 
And uh, a couple of people have told me that, like, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they see is this, like, huge endowment of faith. And I really believe that that was, like, the power pack, like, mm. from, the, like, you know, like, when, like, Mario jumps on a mushroom and grows, like, a bigger thing. Like, I feel like that was a moment of, like, all right, like, all right, God has definitively saved my life. I'm on borrowed time. And, like, it doesn't matter at this point, like... If, if God wants souls, like, that's what I'm going to do. And I, it's not like a performance mentality of, like, all right, I have to earn my salvation. Like, I know that, like, that um, God loves me and there's nothing that I have to do, but it's, like, from that place of redemption and mercy and love that he has for me yep. that I'm filled with daily that I just want to go out and give it to the world. Wow. <laughs> praise the Lord. Let's just, I just so want to give the Lord praise. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Chris, thanks so much for sharing. That's uh, that's just power. And you shared about like uh, just receiving um, baptism, in the Holy Spirit, and that that brotherhood of that men's retreat, and all yep. of that. Is that? Um, I mean, just because I know I'm kind of prompting you and setting you up for this question, but like you've the, you've ran with those guys and have maintained that brotherhood. And how is that? How is that like men's ministry and that brotherhood really impacted you as, as you've grown in your Catholic faith? Oh, it's everything. It's absolutely everything. Um, being able to have guys that have been walking in it for a lot longer, like shepherding you and, and making sure that, you know, you find a spiritual director and that, um, you know, that any time that, like, we're derailed and, and headed off and kind of, like, steering you back in the right direction is, is so incredibly important. And then they, you know, Fishers of Men's current kind of model right now is obviously their annual um, conference that you spoke at, Dan. But in addition to that, they're all about, like, setting up men's groups. Um, and so we, we run one called Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I've been, you know, walking with those guys, too, for the last five years. And, yeah, I give everything to those guys. Of, of I mean, it's not only, like, business coaching, it's life coaching, it's relationship coaching, it's, like, all free advice. And, and yeah, I don't know why more people don't do it. It's, it's just so incredible. So, yeah, all, all praise be to, to Jesus and the fishes of men and, and uh, all the ways that uh, both have blessed my life. Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. That's awesome. I love that. So thank you so much for sharing that story, man. I, I, I just want to pray for all of our listeners that if God's convicting your heart right now that um, that he loves you and that he wants more for you, uh, that you would receive that. I, I pray that the testimony that Chris shared would unlock something in your heart, especially that gift of faith. Chris, that, uh, that faith that the Lord poured out on you, I just see it uh, lived in your everyday life. You have so much faith that He's going to bless your company. He's going to bless your your uh, ministry, and he's going to bless your um, your you just your every uh, action in life. Could you could you pray for an increase of faith over our listeners right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah, no worries. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, illuminate yourself, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. Oh, you are so good. You are the Holy One. You are the Lord. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for uh, meeting me in the darkness and pulling me out of that darkness to help me to fall deeply in love with you, Father, Mm -hmm. and from that place of love just to pour this into the world, Father. I just pray in your name, in Jesus' name, and with the work that he did on the cross, that there would just be an increase on all of the listeners. Anyone that is listening to this, just give them that power pack of that, that next level of faith endowment. Mm-hmm. Help them to just unlock those, those spiritual gifts. Help them that, that love. Because really, when I say faith, what it really is, is just love. 
<laughs> but when you just really realize, like you really, really know in the depths of your soul that God is your Father and that He loves you, that that's where just crazy amounts of faith comes. And it's from that love, you know, earnestly seek, like follow the way of love and earnestly seek the spiritual gifts, the special prophecy. Like we walk into these gifts, Father, let these people know that we walk into these gifts not for the sake of building up ourselves, but building up those that we love and pulling them out of the darkness and using these gifts to meet them and be able to show them your love. And we praise you, Father, for the ways that you've been able to give these gifts to us. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You're listening to Beyond Damascus. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up uh, this incredible episode with Chris Gomez. Thank you for listening. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. Now, when Jesus was on earth, he taught us a great lesson. He taught us that he came for the sinner, not the virtuous. He came for you because you are imperfect. Because sin comes easy to you and sometimes you don't have the willpower to say no. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Unplanned, the true story of Abby Johnson. I would be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. She believed in a woman's right to choose. I've had an abortion myself, so I don't have any problem with another woman making the same decision. Until the day she saw something that changed everything. Tiny, perfect little baby. And then it was just gone. Now she's pulling back the curtain on the abortion industry. Unplanned. Available at EWTNRC.com and the EWTN app. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, where encounter meets mission. And Dan and I have been here with Chris Gomez. Chris, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for sharing that amazing testimony. Holy cow, that was that was awesome. Um, it's such a blessing to see how God's worked in your life and how an inspiration, how it can be an inspiration for for us and for our listeners. Oh well, uh, yeah, no worries. Um, all glory and honor be to our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> all right, so uh, Chris, when in the last five years you just have been running after Jesus like hardcore and just giving him everything. So like, I know you're like really involved in young adult ministry, and you guys have like a young adult movement in the uh, Juliet area. You're involved in this men's ministry. You run Catholic sports camp, but then you also have started your own business that is uh, called Spirit Consulting, right? Uh, yeah, that is correct. So it's a it's a management consulting company with uh, six different service lines, <clears throat> and our focus is to to really just help our clients achieve just maximum success mm-hmm. by practicing virtuous, uh, practicing the virtues in business. And uh, yeah, so if if you're if you're Catholic and looking for other Catholics to love on you within within business services of um, tax strategy, finance and accounting, um, informational technology, executive search, or um, organizational development, specifically IO psychology, um, give us a buzz and you can find us at um, www.spiritmco.com. And that's spirit, M as in Mary, C as in Christ, O as in organization.com. Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> I like awesome. that. Yeah, and I just, I just love that because, like, in that eight year period when you said you were just running after like music and business, like you you had uh, built a pretty um, 
with with others had built a great business consulting firm and was was doing some awesome work there but then you just are like all right i'm just going to give this over to the lord mm-hmm. completely and just uh just this idea of just allowing the lord to have <clears throat> part of all of your life not just a pocket of your life and yep. I, i'm just motivated and inspired by that so so thanks for taking your gifts even into the business world because that's so critical and then um you have catholic sports camp and you do this on the side like you basically um are running these camps all summer long and marketing them and bringing in pro athletes to teach kids and stuff like that and uh so i'm just encouraged that you you work your butt off uh, for the lord and for the kingdom in that way if uh, it, what kind of camps do you have right now you have baseball camp you have hockey camp. Do you have others? Yeah, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, and volleyball. So okay. six sports and seven camps each summer. All right, yeah, so who's so who's good. the coolest athlete you've met so far? Uh, it's uh, That's so tough. Bro. That's a tough question. <laughs> I mean, obviously our founder, who's your Mike favorite Sweeney, child? <laughs> is like, just totally on fire and amazing. But Heck yeah, Mike Sweeney's awesome. One of the awesome. guys that I met this summer is uh, Trent Klatt, who played with the Sedin Twins. Um, and up in Vancouver, and he's also the Midwest Regional Scout for the New York Islanders. And uh, but he also is like wildly in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we were like praying for the last like three years that we would you know come across a guy that's like you know played in the NHL and, and loves the Lord, similar to how baseball has got Mike Sweeney. And so we just got connected with him this summer, and he came out and like it was really nice to have like Chicago Blackhawks that won Stanley Cups like on the ice with the kids. But it was such another level when this dude's like like. This is a guy that literally, like, has played in the NHL, like, gone into the Stanley Cup Finals, um, like, and now, a, like, a regional scout, you know, and then he's, like, pushing kids around with, like, his hockey state. Like, he's on the ice. He's sweating with them. He's, like, pushing kids around on the ice. Like, dude, like, like just, like, like, like <laughs> encouraging kids and, like, just being a disciple, you know? Yeah. And the other Blackhawks, you know, they're just, they kind of, like, you know, answer the, they do the Q&A and stuff and, and sign autographs, and that's kind of it. But mm-hmm. when you have someone that, like, when you have a pro that's really, like, living it, it's just a whole nother level. So it's been, you know, that's my answer. That's, That's awesome. Sweet. Yeah, so if people want to learn more about Catholic Sports Camps, how can they do that? Uh, they can visit catholicsportscamps.org. <laughs> That's pretty easy, people. So if you're like, <laughs> hey, I don't Let's know go. what to do, where to go, you just figured it out. Awesome. So, oh, man, that's so good. Thank you so much for your witness. Uh, so the other really cool thing um, about your testimony, Chris, uh, that I want to make sure we share with our listeners is it wasn't like you just came into a relationship with the Lord and um, have gone like with Catholic status quo. Like you are pressing in for signs and wonders and miracles. And I know like you've been learning about like just going after the promises of Jesus to see um, him work in miraculous ways in other people's lives. And you've been praying over people for healing and seeing miracles. And I thought maybe you could take time to share one or two miracles with us of what you've seen uh, through like your hunger to see God work miraculously in people's lives. Sure. So I'll give you, uh, I'll give you two. Uh, and I also, before I want to say that, 
Um, last summer, I visited Dan and Aaron, and that's where <laughs> just seeing all of their missionary disciples prophesying together is where, like, that hunger had created for that, for that to be unlocked, and just praying in the hotel, like, I don't know if this is Lord, but if it's you, like, I would love it, too. So that, that was the power pack. That. And then right after that, like, two weeks later, then went to go spend time with Patrick Rice at Encounter Ministries, mm-hmm. and, and that's where the, the healing uh, came from as well. Or Praise God. Seeing that, yeah. So thank you guys for the work that you're doing. It's incredible. Um, so so last night we're uh, we're sitting around my my cousin's in from Connecticut, and we've got a we're going to a family reunion uh, in Peoria, and uh, my other cousins from Chicago uh, were all like out to dinner. And I was just kind of like sharing about the suffering that Ricky and I went through. It was like weird, similar suffering that we both went to went through at the same time at, at different at our different camps, and just like how the Lord was inviting us to suffer uh, for the salvation of souls. Um, and uh, and then my other so my cousin starts talking about how her wrist has been hurting her, and then her son is like, "Mom, like." whatever, like I, you know, I've had like four seizures in the last month. And so while his mom, while his <laughs> Don't mom was talking about, about the wrist, like right. I was like, okay, Lord, like, you know, I'm like, all right, I guess I was getting the sense that like the Lord was like, all right, we're, we're going <laughs> to, there's going to be something tonight. And then, uh, so then I'm like, all right, is it the wrist? And like, he's like, just hold on, hold on. And so then his, <laughs> so then her son is like, yeah, I've had four seizures in the last month. And so I was like, can I tell you a story? And I told about how I prayed over my son to heal um, bedwetting and uh, dyslexia and early signs of ADHD. And I was like, can I pray for you? And he's like, oh, I'd love that. So I was like, well, it's not like all, you know, if, if you've been baptized and you've been confirmed, like that's the criteria for healing. So like, let's go. And I like got the whole family to basically like pray over, pray over, um, pray over him. And so we laid hands on him, and I was just like praising God, um, and um, and and just commanding that the epilepsy be gone in Jesus' name. So we get done, and while I was praying, it, my hand probably went up to like 140 degrees. Like so, so was fire burning. was literally and coming so, out of your hand. That's awesome. <laughs> so I look. So then I look at Ethan, and I'm like, and he's just in a full sweat. And so, I was like, "You felt the heat, didn't you?" He's like, "Oh my gosh!" He's like, "Why don't Why don't we teach this in in our Catholic school?" <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "I don't know." Bro. So then my my aunt is like, "It was like telling me that they're doing some like run for epilepsy, and but you you know I could donate money to." And I was like, "Oh, well, I'll donate money, but you know, like he doesn't have epilepsy anymore." And I'm like, "Oh, he's healed that. Like we're, we're good to go." And just That's you know, like, having that expected faith. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Yeah, the it, and so I for the listeners who have never um like if that's new to you, so sometimes the Holy Spirit will just come with with heat, you know, like he's a person of fire and sometimes like when we're praying for people, just the fire of God will well up inside of them and it's a sign of his presence and mm-hmm. his love. That's awesome, Chris. And have you um the just the boldness of of and fearlessness of praying with people and saying, "Hey, like I, I'm going to put myself out there and uh um, fear, in a fearless way. Way to go! <laughs> so excited. Awesome, Guys, brother. Can I sneak in one more, please? Yes, I got one more. Yes, please do. It, it, it's also just has been on my heart and happened last weekend. So last weekend, I take my boys golfing, and there's like this hawk that's like flying way away. Uh huh. And I just like felt the Lord be like, "Oh, well, if you guys want to see it, just like ask me." I was like, "All right." 
So I like just start praying, like, praise you, Father, like, I love you, like, you know, me and my boys would love to see that hawk, and you have it fly over by us. And so, like, it literally, like, does this, like, ten seconds later, it does this big loop, and then just, like, flies right over our head. <laughs> and my and my five-year-old's like, oh, well, that's just because there's a mommy hawk over there. I'm like, all right, whatever. So then the next day, we're going to the Lincoln Park Zoo, and my girlfriend is there, and, and my two boys, and, and just so I'm not, like, scandalizing anyone or anyone thinking that, like, I've had to go after the divorce process went through an annulment, uh, have done all that, it's, it's all within the church. But anyway, so I'm with my girlfriend and my, and my two kids, and it would, like, we're at the seal exhibit, and, like, the seal is just, like, you know, kind of, like, uh, out there, and, and everyone who's outside, like, kind of entertaining them, but we wanted to, like, see it in the water, and you can, like, go behind the back, and you can, like, see within the water. And so, like, as soon as we went down there again, I felt the Lord being like, okay, like, there's going to be something here. Like, my, my spider sense kind of was going off. And uh, so so we're, like, down there, and the seal's, like, nowhere because it's, like, all up in the front. And so I was, I was like, all right, guys, watch this. I was like, all right, I was like, I love you, Father. I, like, I really want my children to see that you're the creator of the universe. Like, will you please ask the seal to just come swim right at us? <laughs> and so, like, ten seconds later, the seal does, like, this big loop and literally, like, swims into the glass where my son Christopher is <laughs> and then swims off. And they're like... Like, my girlfriend and the two boys are just like, what? <laughs> but, like, my five-year-old, again, he's just, like, he's doubting Thomas. So I'm just like, I'm like, all right, bro, here we go. I was like, our father, like, we love you. Will you please have the seal come to us? And when it comes to us, I'm like, have it do a flip and then swim off. And so, like, ten seconds later, the seal does this, like, big loop runs into the glass again, does a flip, and then basically swims off. And then, and then they're like, my, my five-year-old's like, all right, Danny, have him do four flips now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, sorry, like calm down. I'm like, the first thing we got to do is like, just praise God that he's so good, that like, he loves us, that like, he gives us this authority, like as that disciples awesome. to be able to partake in this. So fun. That is awesome. <laughs> and I, I think that's the neat thing. The Lord just loves his children, right? And uh, as a father, um, he wants to give good things to his children when we ask. Thank you, Jesus. Chris, we're going to have to close the show. Thank you so much for um, everything that you have done for the Lord and are doing mm-hmm. for the church. Listeners, I want to encourage you to check out Catholic Sports Camps. Uh, it's a great ministry. And uh, you're listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. You can get other copies of our uh, show on uh, the Beyond Damascus podcast, wherever podcasts are found, or you can share this episode with your family and friends as well. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. We're going to close in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray that you would unlock in our listeners whatever it is that you're doing right now. Open their hearts to receive an increase of faith and an increase of boldness, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the work you've mm-hmm. begun in Chris's ministry, and I pray that you would just increase that, Lord, uh, because he is not done yet. And so I just pray that you would increase that and bring more blessings through Catholic sports camps. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Beyond Damascus. Join us next week.